And we look here at John chapter 8. We're going to just pick up there in John chapter 8. Um, look through these verses with me this morning as, as we're looking at what it is that Christ uh, may be wanting to speak to our hearts. As he spoke to them, these words are still as relevant to us today. But there in verse 12, John chapter 8, starting at verse 12, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the lights of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Therefore, where, where's your father? Jesus answered them, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury, which is significant. Just hold that there, if you will. He spoke these words in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am not, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says, where am I going? You cannot come. And he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. Significant word, beginning. Everybody mark that. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the word, to the world, what I have heard from him. They did not understand what he had been speaking to them about the father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority. Speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He's not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And he was saying these things, many believed. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth and the truth set you free. Father, thank you for your words. Lord, I see, I see you speaking to a group of people who just didn't get it. And I know your heart broke. You spoke to them and you had to tell them the hard truth that you, you don't know where I came from. You don't know where I'm going. You don't even know where you're going. My testimony is true. Lord, you spoke that to these people and they didn't get it. Lord, that's truly a a picture of who you are. You are the light. You show us the way. Father, I thank you. You have shown us the way. I thank you that we have that, that bright light in our lives. And, and that light's not just there to blind us or to show us the way, but it's there to bring us life as well. That in you, there is life. Apart from you, there is darkness and death. Father, thank you for your words. Thank you that you speak to us even today. You prompt us as your church today to go forth and to do what you've called us to. In your most holy name, amen. And this is beautiful here. When you, when you notice this, I, I told you guys to kind of mark in your head a couple of things. And I want to go back to that before I get to my points this morning. But it talks about how he was in the treasury. And I, 
I, I say this this morning, it's, it's significant because Jesus wasn't hiding in a church somewhere, okay? He wasn't in somebody's house. He wasn't in their backyard. They weren't in the pool, like, you know, playing uh, basketball or volleyball in the pool. They weren't like in this setting. He was literally where the enemy was at. That the treasury was the was the place where, where a lot of the Pharisees hung out. And the Pharisees were there and he's speaking. And it's significant because it says there that they didn't arrest him because it was not time yet. It could have been. They could have arrested him. According to them, he spoke what? Heresy. He spoke against God. He said, you know, I am the son. I and the father are one. No one said that back then, by the way. And he said that to them and they just didn't arrest him. Now, why is that? Well, it's because he was actually in control here. And I think we need to understand that as we're going into the Easter season, Jesus Christ laid down his life for you and I. He was not overcome. He was the overcomer, right? We don't serve a God who just laid down his life. He did, but he did it willingly. He wasn't overtaken by people who were more powerful than him. That's not what we see here in scripture. We see a God who's in control of everything. Even what seems like a demise of a spiritual prophets, what it actually is, is the Lamb of God giving himself to the world that you and I might have life. How cheap that we treat the gospel sometimes. How cheap. It's, it's such an easy thing. And now in the, in the modern day, it seems like where people just, you want to come to church, you just want to feel better about yourself and then go home and that's it. It's not what the church is about. So what the work of the gospel is about. The, the work of the gospel is so powerful because it is the blood of Jesus that washes your sins away. It's not Baptist theology, so to speak. It is a work of God. And if you believe in Jesus, then you live in like a reality in which you are powered to do whatever he's calling you to. We're not, we're not constrained by the things of this world. You guys dig, right? what they said back in the 60s? You dig it? We're not constrained by the things of this world. And the reason is because Jesus is not just a teacher, a prophet, a pastor, right? A church member, a, 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 a huge organization like maybe the Southern Baptist Convention or something like that. Jesus is the light of the world. Do you guys hear me this morning? And Jesus, when he says that, it's not just like by happenstance, right? And he doesn't care who hears it because you know what? I'll say in front of those Pharisees and it doesn't matter because it's not my time to be arrested yet. But when it is, you know what? I'll let it happen. I find comfort in that because I think sometimes we walk around as Christians is like we just, we're kind of timid. Don't be that way. Don't be timid in the way that you live your life. Live, live in the faith that Christ has given you. Live in power. There's a world out here that needs to be stormed for Jesus Christ. And we can either set back idly and be timid little sheep, or man, we can be like sheep with horns going out there and just getting busy, right? We still follow the shepherd, but we're not timid in that way. We follow him. Why? Because he's the light. And in the light, it's not death. You go to the beach, somebody's probably going to prove me wrong in this, but you ever go to the beach? When I'm at the beach, that's the life for me, right? I can, I can lie on that beach and hear the waves crashing, right? I can feel the sun just giving me skin cancer. It's wonderful, right? And I, I, I think about the beach because the beach is like, I feel like this is life, you know? And it's kind of true because it takes light to produce life in this world. Plants, anybody gardening here, right? Anybody, anybody out here, you know, sowing fields right now or getting, getting your gardens ready for the year, it takes sunlight in order for those plants to grow. And when it comes to the spirituality aspect of what we're talking about this morning, the light of Jesus causes life and growth within his people. And without him, there's nothing. There's nothing at all. And that's like, a, that's a warning to us. If there's not growth within us, we're probably not standing in the lights. I won't even say probably. That's exactly why. If we're not growing spiritually, I'm not talking numbers. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I think that comes. But spiritually speaking, if you are no stronger than you were 10 years ago, you're not walking in the lights. And those were hard words to hear. They're not. But Jesus says that to these people. 
And and maybe you might be like, well, Daniel, are you, are you talking to me? I'm not talking to you. These are the words of Jesus today. You know, I, I know my last series, or I think, I think I struck some chords with some people. And guys, those weren't my words. That was the words of Jesus. Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. That's a warning, right? But you know what else I see? I see a Jesus who says, I'm light. I'll give you power. I'll give you life. It don't have to be that way. Jesus didn't die on the cross just for a religious thing. You guys ever been in like a really like beautiful like cathedral type church? You know, I've been in some beautiful Catholic churches in my time. I've been in some, uh, my, I had a buddy, he, he was raised uh, Lutheran. And so you go to Lutheran churches and they have some really cool, like, you know, like things hanging up in the churches, the Catholic churches. I have the cool, like, you know, crosses or, or uh, crucifixes or something like that. And I, just as a, as a religious nerd, I suppose, I think that stuff's cool. You know, I actually, I like a cross without Jesus on there because he's risen. Amen. I, I do believe that. But, but I mean, I can't forget that he actually hung on the cross. So I don't have a problem with a crucifix. You know, I mean, Jesus was there. That's not what it's all about, is it? His death, it gives us power. It gives us life. And he spoke those words in the treasury that day because you know what? He didn't care what people thought. He wanted to know that they knew who he was. Today, we're in the same boat. What does the world need to hear? You guys all know this answer. They need to hear Christ crucified, risen, coming again, right? Why do we think, oh, it's so hard to like evangelize people? It's really not. Hey, who do you say Jesus is? Well, yeah, he was a prophet. Well, let me tell you something. The scriptures teach us that Jesus is the light of the world. That apart from him, there is nothing but darkness, but in him there is light and light. Here's what we think. Well, Daniel, they're going to reason their way out of that. No, here's the thing. <laughs> Remember, Paul talks about it in Romans. He says the gospel is powerful enough to do what to people? To save people. Quit thinking your words matter that much. If you're preaching the truth, Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and coming again, have a little faith in God. He knows what he's doing, by the way. When you witness to people, let the Holy Spirit go there. When I go to witness to someone... I witnessed to three Muslim men this week, okay? I witnessed to, to three Muslim men. And what did I pray when I went to see them? God, go before me. I'm not good enough. Jesse will tell you, when we were, when we were in a, a Turkey, me and Jesse are idiots. I mean, basically, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jesse's not, but I am. But, you know, we went over there just kind of like experiencing a new culture, right? And Jesse... It's true. We walked into that village there in central Turkey and we just gave our testimony and people said, I believe that. Oh, it still gives me chills to think of the fact that it wasn't us, but it was the light of Jesus Christ that shone on those people. And today, somewhere in Turkey, there is a house and there are people who are worshiping Jesus today. A couple months ago, they weren't worshiping Jesus. They were trying to appease Muhammad. They were trying to make all their prayer times. They were trying to do all these things. But now there are people who walk in a new light that gives them life. This is what Jesus is talking about here. Don't Christianize it, right? You know what I mean by that, right? I think we've been taught Jesus is the light of the world for a long time. I think I had a light cover as a kid. It said something about Jesus is the light of the world. You know, every time you turn the light on, and when you turn it off, it kind of glue in the dark. It was like a sticker or something. I remember that. I don't know why. I was taught that from a young age, but the more I read this, I'm thinking, it's not just that Jesus is this, but it's also because he is this, I can be something for him. I can get, I can bring him glory with my life. And again, it's not about me. It's about bringing him glory. You guys dig? Heck, <laughs> you dig, right? Another thing before I get to the sermon, uh, you see that there, you know, it, it talks about that, that idea that he's the light and, and he didn't care who heard. But then they said, well, who are you basically? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I mean, that's kind of like the thought that they're giving him. Well, who are you? Right. And, and in verse 25, he says, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. Hello, slow ones. I've been telling you this a long time. What does that mean? Well, who was in there in the beginning? Well, Christ, amen. 
we'll get to it here in a minute because in John, the beginning of this book, John, it's kind of cool. You read the, the first chapter of John and John's writing what he had experienced about what we're reading right now. Jesus has said, I'm the light of the world. So how did John start his book? I'm the light of the world. I mean, he starts it that way. It's significant that we understand who Jesus is. John understood that. John didn't start it out as, well, John, the amazing apostle. He just started out that way. He starts it out in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. He, he talks about this. You know, he, he speaks in that, in that tone. He talks about that beginning, and it's significant because Jesus had been telling them, and he'd been telling you and I, and he'd been telling all cultures that, you know what? I'm the light of the world. Even from the beginning, who created light was Jesus. Do you need direction in your life today, anybody? Boy, I do. I feel you. There's, there's, a, there's a time I think we all go through where we just need direction. But there's a peace in just walking in the light. You don't necessarily have to know where you're going, but you can know that where you're going is where he's going. Right? We had a got together as a family last night and uh, we were driving back and, and, and uh, I had to stop to get gas. Jet was driving in a different vehicle and, and uh, we're driving. So we pull out of the gas station. We think, well, he's already just, he just went in and headed home because he's a big 18 year old now. You know, he don't, he doesn't need mom and dad. So we thought, well, he's heading home. We're driving down the road and we're kind of like, well, I should be seeing him. He wasn't that far ahead of us. Like I, you know, I should be catching up to him or he's driving really fast or something. So mom's, she's got this, you know, big brother tracking app on him so we can see exactly where he's at and so we see that he's like you know he's heading like the other direction well he followed another vehicle just like ours and he wasn't really paying attention i guess don't tell him i told this story he was following the light but it wasn't the light that he needed to follow you know what i mean like it was a light but church it wasn't the light if you think it doesn't matter who we follow in this world don't mistake that that's wrong you have to follow the light. Jesus didn't just say, I am a light. He says, I am the light of the world. And if you don't know who I am, well, I've been trying to tell you from the beginning who I am. I've been telling you time and time again. He's talking to these Jewish people who had heard time and time again. I mean, from the tender age of five to 10 years old, they were memorizing those first five books of the Bible. They knew them. They knew who, they knew who was in the beginning, but they missed it. Jesus is like, I've been trying to tell you been trying to tell you it's important what we follow it's important who we follow and then we don't just follow a light but we follow the light we don't just follow what seems right right here in the heart scripture teaches us that there's a way that seems right to men but what the end is death right i can walk around religious my whole life well daniel i've been a baptist since i was nine and a half years old i, I talked to a guy one time he says well i'm so baptist i was born in a baptist church <laughs> Maybe. But what we do know is that that's not what saves us. It's the light of our Christ who saves us. Tonight, today, I want us to look at this. Jesus is truth and salvation. Our first point today. Jesus is truth and salvation. I, I can't look at it any other way but this. That the world needs both of those things. Right? I, I'm here now. They're, they're, it's not like new science, but... I was reading this week of a um, a physicist, scientist, space guy. He said that the Big Bang is not where it started, that there was something that started before that. But the Big Bang is a continuation of something else. And I was thinking, well, that's interesting. Because I've always thought in my head, it's like, if there was a Big Bang, then what banged, right? I mean, something had to happen. There had to be something that existed to explode, right? Uh, you don't just have an explosion for no reason. For me, that's why I... I know when I look at scripture, I'm like, yeah, God did it. But this guy, he's even, I think in his head, he, he's trying to, he's trying to configure in his mind, like how does, how's there an explosion if nothing existed before then? So the big bang is, big bang is not the beginning. It's just an explosion that happened from some other beginning. You know, every beginning is some other beginning's end, right? There's some 90s song I said that. Jesus it's true. It's what the world needs today is true. It's what that scientist needs today is true. It's who created the heavens and the earth? God. God created the heavens and the earth. He needs that, but he also needs salvation. All of that comes through knowing Jesus. If you know who Jesus is, then you know who the creator is. Amen? 
If you know who Jesus is, then you can have salvation because he says, I offer this freely to anyone. Truth and salvation. This is something that Jesus offers us. When we look in the Old Testament, we see, uh, just flip over, keep your, keep your finger there, but Psalm 27, um, the psalmist, he's writing and he's talking about who the Lord is. If you guys think Jesus has changed over time or his meaning, understand what scripture says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? He means that. You get into Psalm 27, the psalmist here, he writes this. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why did he use the word lights? <laughs> I think David got some things that these Pharisees, you know, hundreds of years later, they didn't get. But David got it. And he's like, the Lord is my lights and my salvation. He is my truth and my salvation, right? He is the one that brings life. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You guys ever get afraid in life? It's easy. We're coming out of pandemic or whatever that was. We don't know. what. I felt like pandemic was like when I was a kid. Um, when I was a kid, we used to get on these things called merry-go-rounds. And like we, we took Jaron to some, some like really nice playgrounds over the last four years of his life, basically. But um, playgrounds aren't as dangerous as they used to be, you know? But the, the, even the, like the merry-go-rounds, like yesterday we, we actually took him to a playground and I was like, I put him on this merry-go-round and it's all plastic, you know? Um, like like re recycled plastic or something. And so I'm like spinning it. Man, I'm getting it. I'm getting around that thing. And as soon as I stepped away, it stops. I'm like, what? You know, back in the day, we were like, like Mach 4 was the speed that we were getting on, you know? Like I really, in Daniel's like eight, nine, ten year old head, I was ready to, to be a NASA, you know, like test pilot. That's what I was ready for. So I was like, shoot, I lived that. And we try to be, you know, safe, I think sometimes. We, we try to, to, to cushion our kids. And, you know, when we were kids, like, you know, our, our slides weren't plastic. They were made out of like heated metal. Like I think there was like coils that ran through there that heated it up. If the sun wasn't hot enough, we're going to keep it hot all year round, you know? if you don't fall off and break your collarbone and arm or something, right? We lived at those times. Jesus is the only one. I mean, who's who's our stronghold? Who's our safety? It's, it's, it's the Lord, right? Which I thought was inter- interesting. Even that little uh, sorry excuse for a merry-go-round. It's more like, it's not really a merry-go-round. It's just kind of a blah-go-round, you know? Those kids weren't that happy. They were just like, oh, wow, I couldn't do this on my own. You know, it's like, what in the world? But but there was some kid, he was like pushing. All of a sudden he trips and then he's getting drug around. That was kind of funny. But the Lord's your stronghold, okay? When we say he's our light, I mean, it's 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 deep. I mean, it's why it's important that we do these studies on the character, the, the definition of Christ is, is because he is the stronghold of our life. He is, he is who he is. And so... Who should we be afraid of? Is there anything to be afraid of in this world? And there's really not. If the Lord asks you to do something, you just go and do it because you don't have fear because you know who your leader is, right? Even if it doesn't make sense sometimes, you just go. You just go. I, I spent some time in you know, the Honduran jungle. Four years, I went down there and just got to do some like fun work. But but when I was in Honduras, I remember there were times when we'd be hiking and you might hike for two days through, I mean, jungle. When I say jungle, I'm talking like straight up like jungle one little trail and there's monkeys you guys think monkeys are cool they are creepy as all get out in the wild i don't like them right honduras has um snakes that if they bite you the locals will literally just cut you whatever part that you gets bitten they'll just cut it off because they know you're going to die otherwise you're four you're four days from civilization you're not going to survive if they leave it on i was glad i didn't get bit by a snake you know you're walking through there, but there were times when all we had was our light. We didn't even know where we were going, but we knew that if we had our light on, we could get there. We could follow that trail, which Jesus also says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We'll get there. But the light shows us that trail. It shows us the way to go. Who should we be afraid of? Even though it's dark all around us and those creepy monkeys are everywhere, they've got jaguars, they've got all this stuff down there. Don't get into the water too deep. There's amoeba that like to get into your body and cause havoc, but... The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Who are we going to be afraid of, church? I think it's 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 a shame when we walk in fear. Don't you? Verse 2 says, When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, 
like those crazy monkeys in the jungle, right? My my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. They're the ones stumbling and falling. Um, I've lived long enough in my Christian walk, and, and I have to say, like, I, I've really never ever been closer to Jesus than I am right now. That's a blessing, you know? I was just, like, doing a, like an evaluation of my life the other day. I was thinking, man, God has never been so real to me. Amen. But, but you see here, it's like, I've seen, like, what happens when people follow Jesus and when people don't follow Jesus. When people try to do it on their own, they stumble and they fall every single time. But when they follow close to Jesus, God blesses them. Which, which prompts me as, as I'm a believer in Jesus Christ to continue following him because I don't want to fall. Is anybody here like falling? That's no fun. Unless you're falling in love and that's kind of fun, right? I did that like 24 years ago. Still falling. Everybody say, aw. I wish Joni was here for that. She went to see her, went to her mom's today, but I wish, I wish that would have, she could have heard that. That's, that was really sweet. Y'all can tell her later. Man, Daniel loves you. You should like bake him a pie or something. You know, I mean, that's, that's what you need to do. <laughs> Who's, who am I to be afraid of? There's, there's no one to be afraid of. I mean, it's the ones who don't follow, who stumble. It's not the ones who follow Jesus, right? Verse 3, though an army encamps around me, against me, my heart shall not fear. The war arises against me, yet I will be confident. It doesn't matter what the world brings against you. You got Jesus, right? One thing that I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What should be our desire today? It's not religion. It's not perfect attendance at church. It's dwelling in the house of the Lord every single day of your life. Because here's the thing. You're going to spend eternity dwelling in the house of the Lord, right? Why don't we just sort now? I mean, we think, well, if I get to heaven, you know, said Brad Paisley, when I get where I'm going, man, start living now, you know? Start living now because now is the time Christ is walking with us now. He's the light of the world now, not just, he is the light in the future too. Uh, we read Revelation that he's the light that, I mean, there's not going to be like a sun or there's not going to be planetary systems. There's not going to be LEDs or anything shining. It's just going to be Jesus, right? We know that, that he lights eternity. Our Savior's not just a temporary light or a light that burns out or something like that, but he is a light that lights eternity. I like that. Verse 5, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. You guys can read through the rest of that psalm, but I mean, we get this picture, right, of who the Lord was to David. His light, his salvation, his protection, his reason to be brave. You ever wonder why David was so brave? It wasn't just because he was stupid. He might have been a little stupid, right? I think it shows up in other areas of his life. But I mean, David didn't care when it came to Goliath, did he? You know what? You can't talk about my God that way. You can't do that. God God is bigger than you, so I'm, I'm going to come at you and I'm going to kill you with a stone. Ha ha ha, you dogs. Ha 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 ha. The last thing he did was laugh before his head got chomped off by a little 15-year-old kid, you know? How do we walk around so defeated? Well, we do that because... We're not following after the light. We're not living under his command. We're not living under his, his provisions. Jesus is truth and salvation. Let the church say amen to that. The next point I would say, and I'm kind of skipping some verses here, Mr. Jared, it's good to see him back there. He said, my hair looks cool. I, I think yours looks cool, man. I got a haircut and people are just losing their minds. You got, Eileen like was, like praising the Lord back there. I think she was wanting to like offer up a sacrifice or have some communion or something. Like she'd been praying about it. Like, Lord, thank you for cutting pastor's hair, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love you, Eileen. <laughs> Who's our light? Who's our rock? Well, Jesus... The second point I would say, and I, I, it's not the same thing. I, I want us to go into this a little deeper. Jesus is a, he's what a darkened humanity needs. And everybody, let's just think about that for a moment. Jesus is what a darkened humanity needs. I know when you build a church or when you're doing ministry, you think, how do we get people here? How do we reach people? You give them Jesus. That's what you do. 
You don't hide it. You don't worry about things. You give them, Jesus, whatever it takes. The, the, the point in a church, the point in a believer is to, is, to, is to bring glory to Jesus. If we ever lose that, then we missed it, right? Jesus is what darkened humanity needs. What do you need today? You need Jesus. Everybody say amen. Sure. Who do I need? I need Jesus. Jesus is what a dark humanity needs. I mean, the world is dark. And so what they need is light. And in that light, they're going to have life and they're going to have truth and they're going to have exactly what they need. They'll have salvation. I wonder sometimes like, not this church, but I'm just saying the church in general, like uh, there's, there's, a, there's a falling, there's kind of like a, uh, number-wise, that there's less baptisms around the world, you know, there's uh, that's what they say. In the United States in particular, that churches are shrinking, that this is going on and that this is going on. Um, you know, how do we fight in a post-COVID world? How do we, you know, continue to reach people uh, where they think the Bible's not relevant anymore? You know how you do that? You preach the gospel. Quit trying to sugarcoat stuff. Just preach the gospel. As Jesus even tells them there at the end of our passage, the truth will do what? And skill sets you free. You won't be set free. The truth will do it. What's the truth? Well, I just told you. I've been trying to tell you from the beginning, right? That's what Jesus says, not me. He says, I just told you. I'm the truth. I'm the lights. John refers to Jesus as the light. And it's beautiful because, just real quick, flip by. I'm having you guys flip a lot today. John chapter 1. Look there, right? Look at verse 5. I mentioned it earlier, but, you know, John experiences Jesus, but then when he sets back and he's probably in Ephesus or somewhere writing the Gospel of John, um, when he's writing this book there, he, he kicks back and he's like, he goes back to a specific point. He starts it with a significant point, and the significant point is, in the beginning was the Word. He didn't know what else to say, I'm sure. But under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that's how he starts the book. Look at verse 5. I think it's verse 5. I may be wrong here. Verse 4. Verse 4, let's go to verse 4. It says, In him was life, talking about Jesus. In him was life. And the life was what? The light of men, right? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. When I read that, I'm thinking, is that not beautiful? People want to say, did the disciples ever learn, the apostles, did they ever learn anything from Jesus? It took them a while. They're probably like a lot like you and I. There's things I was taught when I was younger and I didn't get till later and maybe I haven't even gotten yet. But what I do know is that John remembered this day and starts the book with that very thought. Jesus is the light. The light shines in what? The darkness and the darkness that's not overcome it. Man, those are comforting words to me because I, I know people can say, well, this is the this is this is the church, this is the ministry. What I do know is that God has called every one of us in here to ministry. Right? If you don't agree with that, then you're wrong, okay? But, but God has called all of us to ministry. I mean, he told us to do what? To go, right? I mean, he didn't tell us to sit. He didn't tell us just to be comfortable. I think sometimes we can get in a rut really quick. We can just be comfortable. And God's like, I don't want you to be comfortable. I want you to be bringing me glory. The worship team, I, I know sometimes it's good for y'all just to sit back into worship, isn't it? And I know you guys enjoy what you do up here, but it's work. And a lot there's a lot into it. And I know it's beautiful, but it's work, right? What if that didn't happen? Right? What what if your what if your pastor or whoever's preaching on Sunday morning wants to be, you know, the missionary last week, for example? What what if we're not doing what God has called us to? What happens? You get to lunch earlier, I know, yes, yes, that's true. The glorification of God may not happen, right? If, if none of us step up, if none, none of us do what the Lord has laid upon our heart, because what the world needs, what this dark world needs is Jesus. In him was life. Not, not man, it's not a beach. I love a beach. I love a mountaintop. I love a desert. I'm a weirdo. I love hiking in the desert, right? When we're in Turkey, I mean, the Aegean Sea is just beautiful. I stuck my feet in it because I thought it'd be cool and I about froze my toes off, but I did it. I've been to places that were just so beautiful. The Grand Canyon. You've been there before? You've been to Canyon de Chez in Arizona? Oh, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful canyon. It's the beach. I've been to the mountains. I've been, you know, places in this world and, and I'm I'm blessed by it because God created it, right? I mean, it's all his creation. But I'll tell you something. The most beautiful places I've been is 
is on a stage where people come to give their life to Christ. Or at a gas station when someone gives their life to the Lord. That's happened. Um, you know, at a baklava shop. Places I've seen God work. It's just beautiful. Why? Because he's the light. And what the world needs now more than ever is the light. Last thing I would say this morning is that Jesus is the source. And it's significant because he's not just a light. He's what? The light, right? Um, I think what's interesting is anybody in here, I, I mentioned earlier, like gardeners or something like that. Does anybody like use like uh, grow lamps? We're not talking about pot, but we're going uh, to grow lamps. Like do you use grow lamps in your house, right? I know we got a big gardener, but she's, she's really into it back there. So, but, but like the, 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 the idea of grow lamps, you know, we think, well, that's cool because that those grow lamps cause the plant to grow. Well, kind of, but where does the power, where does all that come from, right? It actually comes from the sun. Even the grow lamp comes from the sun because the energy that we use to power a grow lamp bulb, to produce a grow lamp bulb, to produce a grow lamp lamp, it all comes, if you trace it all back, it all comes from a sun that provides life to this planet, which provides things to make things from. What's the source? It's Jesus. And, I, and I, there's a part of me that just believes that even the sun, that you could trace that source even back further to actual God. I believe that. Call me a fool, but I believe that. Spiritually speaking, the light of Jesus, it's not just a light. It's the light. He is the source. If you see any light through me or your Sunday school teacher or the worship team or maybe some other believer in Jesus Christ that you know, if you see a light shining through them, it's not them. They're not the source. Jesus is the source. We're just reflectors. I love a pretty moon, don't you? Um, the moon can be a beautiful thing, but it's just, it, there's nothing great about the moon. It's a dead piece of dusty rock. It's all the moon is. It's not cheese. But that, that dusty rock, all it does is reflect the source, right? All I can do is reflect the source. We, we, put, a lot of, we put a lot of stock into our, our church leadership, to our pastors and to people like that. They're just a reflector of Jesus. Guess, you you know what you are? The reflector of Jesus. Like, we're all the same on that. I used to work for a guy, um, and he, I, I would say, well, I, you know, I need to listen to the boss. I'd say little jokes like that. You know, he's the boss, he's the boss, he's the boss. And he's, he always said this. I thought, I thought this was interesting. He said, well, he says, we work together. Like, I know he was the boss, and he called the shots, and believe me, he did. But he was like, you know what? We work together. Jesus is not, we work together. Jesus is the boss, right? He is Patron. He is the boss. He is, he is, he is the one who, who we reflect. When we seek the source, guys, we receive the blessing of purpose. If you seek Jesus today, God's going to give you purpose. You guys believe that? I hope you do. I hope you believe that because that's that's exactly where it comes from. He is the source of all that we know. Those who follow him, those who walk in his life, they're not going to have to walk into a spiritual darkness. They're not going to have to walk around saying, well, man, that was unexpected. I've come, you know, I'm just like my life. I've just like been this kind of guy. I've been like, you know what? God's got it taken care of. There's things that come up against you, um, just normal everyday life, not just traffic, not just I-240 or I-40, right? Um, that's not just stuff that comes against us, but spiritually speaking, there may be things that come against you. There may be changes that may come against you, spiritually speaking, or in your Christian life, but you don't have to worry because God is in control. Why? Because Jesus is the light. Don't walk confused. Just say, all right, God, this isn't cool in my mind, but I'm going to draw close to you anyways. I'm going to draw close to you. That's who our God is. When we seek him, guys, we receive purpose. And I, I, I believe this. If you don't have a purpose, your life's going to be kind of like, ah, crazy, unorganized. You're not going to know what you're going to do. But when you find Christ, I believe he gives you purpose. And when you live out that purpose, there's nothing but joy and peace there. There's nothing but joy and peace. We often look for answers, but Jesus is the only answer. You read research papers, you read newspapers, you look at documentaries on those shows, and guess what? They have to cite where they got their information, right? 
Otherwise, it's just trash. But Jesus, when he speaks, he says, I am the source. Cite me. I am the source. What does that mean if we have purpose? I mean, I think we kind of we covered who Jesus is when it comes to the light. What does the light mean? Look at Matthew 5 in closing this morning. Matthew 5. He says this about, about who we are. Jesus is speaking to his followers here, right? He's talking to those who are following him. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus says this to them. You are the salt of the earth. We read this earlier, but I want you to let it wash over you again, okay? You're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. Is that significant? Yep, I think so. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people put a lamp, a lighted lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand and they light it and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. If we're following Jesus, guys, that's where the work comes in. That's where the purpose comes in. That's where the glorification comes in. Following Christ today, he is exactly what you need to be following. If you're not, you're missing the points. You're missing the points. He is the light. We reflect his light. And because he is, guess what? We are too. Because he is, we are able to bring him glory. I can't do it without him. Right? Sandra, that was a fun van ride with you guys the other day. Right? I had a blast at that missions conference. That was, so, that was just a beautiful time to see those kids exposed to missionaries firsthand. You know, I mean, it was like, they got to meet missionaries and talk to missionaries and, and, and we, we rode that, that, that clinking old van. I know it sounds like a Model T sometimes. I, don't, I hope that's okay. I don't, Mike, we might need to get that checked out. But anyways, that, I mean, we were, we were driving, when we were driving back, I was just like, thank you, Jesus, for like this opportunity just, just to see you glorified. It wasn't me in the spotlight. It wasn't Sandra. We were just like, we were just rounding up our, our little ducks and keeping them in a row. Not really, kind of, but we were just, you know, leading them through there and, and, and they were able to see what missions is all about. And that central message of who Jesus is, he's the light. Every missionary goes into the world to do this, or they should. And they go into the world to tell people who Jesus is. Our, our missionary in, in, in Turkey, David, he, he said something. When he went to Turkey, um, he went there and there were missionaries there. And he was kind of like going to learn from them. So he's learning the language and all of this. And then, um, but he found out that the missionaries who were there weren't really doing God's work. They were just kind of vacationing, to put it nicely. And he was there like to see people saved. No doubt that man has not lost his fire one bit. But he 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 said like the big shots from 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 their mission board comes in and they're like, hey, how's things going? And he kind of just told them, this is what's going on. These people don't even speak Turkish. They're not really even doing ministry. They're just kind of, I guess, eating baklava and having a good old time. And he says, that's that's not what I came here for. Um, I'd like to say that the that his bosses like sent those other people home, but they didn't. They blackballed him. So he had his funding cuts. But what amazes me is, guess what? He's still there. <laughs> his, his light isn't a missions board. His light is Jesus. He broke down at one point. He said, you know what? I'm here because this is where God placed me. I'm here. I'm doing ministry because this is where God placed me. I'm like, that devotion, right? Like, he's not drawing a check. He doesn't have benefits. He literally has nothing. Just whatever people send him. And he does that with a grateful heart and he reaches out to people. He is able to do what he does to bring glory to God because Jesus is. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. Now, the Lord's been really good to me. It's been wonderful to me. He's blessed my family. He's been so good. He's been working on me in ways that I, I think sometimes... God, this don't make sense. Why, why would you do this? 
why would you why, why would you put a prompting like this in my it doesn't make sense god like you're you've worked out some things and now it's like you're, you're doing this now but, but but all i know is that i haven't ever been closer to god and i i have to follow him i have to follow jesus wherever he goes and this this drawing close is scary by the way Moses, when he was before the Lord, it said his, his hair changed, his countenance changed. I think if we draw close to Jesus, it's going to affect us a little bit. It may be, people around you may be like, hey, what's going on with that dude? Well, I'll tell you what goes on when you get close to God is that he does change you. That idea of us being new creatures in Christ is not just a cliche, it is truth. And I believe God does that when, when he calls us, he does that. And what I'm about to say may seem really unthoughtful to you people today. I get it. What what I might say may seem like betrayal. It may seem like like I'm I'm quitting too soon. But but church, I got to be honest. I have to follow the Lord. Twenty plus years of pastoral ministry. I understand where I'm coming from this morning, okay? Twenty plus years of pastoral ministry. I don't feel like God's put me on the sidelines. But what I do believe is He's leading me in a different direction. And what that means is I will be stepping down as pastor here at First Baptist. And I know this brings an array of emotions. Um, some of y'all may be sad. You may be scared. Some of y'all may be happy. I don't know. Here's what I do know is I have to follow the Lord. And that whatever's happened or hasn't happened within our church, I want you to understand that the Lord would have called me regardless of whatever's happening. I believe this with all my whole heart. That he's called me to something that, um, when I was talking to some of the leadership the other night, they said, well, what, what's happening? Where are you going? And I told them, I said, I don't know. I know that the Lord's leading me this way. I, I know that I'm closer to Jesus than I've ever been, been before. I, I know that what he's called me to is, is a lifelong thing, that I'm not like, I, I'm not just, this isn't just a job to me. I, I hope you guys understand that, that this has never been a job to me. I don't need the money. Well, I do, but, but I need to follow Jesus, right? If he says to go, guys, I'm, I'm going to go. I know you guys, you may have questions. Maybe you won't. I don't know. I, I don't know what this looks like. Okay. I'll just be honest with you. I don't know how to do this. I told, I told them that. I was like, I don't know how to do this. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is what the Lord's doing in my life. Like it, love it, or leave it. I don't know how else to put it. And I don't mean to be cold, but I'm just saying this is what God is doing in Daniel's life. And it's, and then I guess it's, it, it may, it may feel or look different when a pastor says this, but, but, but I pray that that you as individuals, that you reach a point that this is something that happens to you. But you get so close to Jesus, Jesus calls you somewhere, and you're like, you know what, guys, I'm going to follow Jesus because I have to tell you something. There, there's a sadness in my heart right now. There really is. There's a, there's a you know, you, we, get, we get dreams, we get ideas in our head about what life is going to look like, and then when it changes, you're like, what do I do? Here's what I do know. Even though that exists, there is a peace beyond all understanding because I have Jesus as my Savior. And I want you guys to know I'm following Christ right now. That this is something I'm doing that I need to do because my Savior, my Shepherd, the one I work for, He's the one that's leading me. I ask for your prayers. I ask for your whatever you can give, right? I don't want this to be, I know sometimes past church stuff gets messy. I don't want this to be messy. I mean, we have to spend eternity together. Remember that? I want this to be, I, I get it. Some people may not understand. That's fine. I get it. I get it. I get it. But here's what I do know is I've just got to follow Jesus. We can have peace, can we? I mean, Jesse, this isn't what I was planning. I didn't even talk to Jesse about this. Sorry, man. Let's talk to Jesus. I've been seeking him. What does this look like? I think what this looks like, and I just, I'm just going to throw this out there, and it's the last thing I'm going to say today about it, okay? You guys feel free to come up and kick me in the butt or whatever. I don't know what you want to do today. But here's here's what I'm, I'm asking. What does this look like? I don't know. I know what this looks like. There, there's going to be there's going to be me stepping down now, okay? I've thought about this, and I know it seems cold. It seems this. It seems that. But I'm stepping down now. I hope you guys can support that. Um, there, there's a lot kind of happening. But I'm stepping down now. I'm taking some time off as I seek what? the full picture is. I have a good idea what the Lord's wanting to do with myself and with my family, but I need to step away. 
And I hope you guys can understand that. And it's not you. It's not, it's not that I don't love you guys. I love you guys with my whole heart. When I tell you I love you, I mean that. Because you are the bride of Christ. I believe that. We have the same, same God, same Savior, the same lights. All I can say is that God is good and I have to follow him. That's either a bummer or a good thing for you right now. I'm not sure, but here's what I do now. I know that God will be glorified and I feel that God will be most glorified with me doing this. If we can wrap our minds around that, ah, nah, just think of it that way. Um, I'll be honest with you. People will say, well, is this that or the other that caused you? No, it, it's me getting closer to Jesus. Um, you can blame yourselves and that you sent me to Turkey because Turkey's changed my life. Master your prayers. Amen. Amen. I'm going to worship team. Guys, you guys come forward. I'm going to say a prayer. And, and um, as we as we go through this time, I, I just I said you just give glory to God and give praise to the Lord. I believe our God is good and that his mercy is everlasting. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Amen. God, that's, that's like second... One of the second hardest things I've ever had to say in my life, Lord. I know sometimes you call us just to make hard decisions. And I just, Lord, I can't help but follow you. Thank you for this group. I thank you for these people that have loved me, God. I, I pray, God, even through this, that they will, I know that they're followers of you. So, Lord, I have every amount of faith that this is, gonna, this is the way it's going to be. God, they're going to see you in this. And Lord, we can continue to love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what I want. God, you bless us with this time together. And, and I, Lord, I don't think it's necessarily over, over. But what I do know is that your mercies continue new each and every morning, God. And I pray that we would walk in your marvelous light this morning. That this would be what we do. That we understand the church is way bigger than Sunday morning. Church is bigger than a building. The church is the bride of Christ is going out and proclaiming the gospel wherever we go. God, I thank you for awakenings. I thank you for good things that you cause in our lives. But Father, I pray today that you would continue just to rise us up, raise us up, God. That you continue to raise us up in your in your power, for your glory. Father, it's all about you. Bless us in your name. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand this morning?